were talking about, or in Joshua 4, which is where we're going to be at today. Does anybody remember what we talked about in Joshua 4? We got like about a third of the way through. What's going on in Joshua chapter 4? Somebody give me something. All you got to do is probably look at your Bible. There was something about stones. Does anybody want to help her fill in the rest of that? They did, and what was the point of laying down those stones? A memorial, yes. And what was the point of the memorial? So they could memorialize what? They did what? Okay, yeah, like the start of their yeah taking of the promised land. So God, God delivered them by bringing them across what? Well, that was early on. The Jordan River, yeah, they crossed the Jordan River, and uh, so they put down a memorial to memorialize or to help them remember uh, how God delivered them into the Promised Land. How He parted the waters, He stopped the river from flowing, and they were able to walk through on dry ground, just like they had done with the um, with the Red Sea. <clears throat> so uh, we did not get very far into that last time. Whenever I taught in here, I was planning on getting through most of the chapter, and we did not get very far. I don't remember why exactly, but I think my lesson was only like 25 minutes long that day, um, so we must have started late or something, but uh, but we're going to try to finish up the rest of chapter 4 today, so um, look at Joshua 4, verse 8, so this is kind of a summary of what has happened so far, it says, and the children of Israel did so as Joshua commanded and took up 12 stones out of the midst of Jordan as the Lord spake unto Joshua according to the number of the tribes of Israel or sorry tribes of the children of Israel and carried them over with them unto the place where they lodged and laid them down there and Joshua set up 12 stones in the midst of Jordan in the place where the feet of the priests which bear the ark of the covenant stood <clears throat> and they are there unto this day For the priests which bear the ark stood in the midst of Jordan until everything was finished that the Lord commanded Joshua to speak unto the people according to all that Moses commanded Joshua. And the people hasted and passed over. And it came to pass when all the people were clean passed over that the ark of the Lord passed over and the priests in the presence of the people and the children of Reuben and the children of Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh passed over uh, armed before the children of Israel as Moses spake unto them. About 40,000 prepared for war passed over before the Lord unto battle to the plains of Jericho. On that day, the Lord magnified Joshua in the sight of all Israel, and they feared him as they feared Moses all the days of his life. And the children, or sorry, and the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, Command the priests that bear the ark of the testimony that they come up out of Jordan. Joshua therefore commanded the priests, saying, Come ye up out of Jordan. And it came to pass, when the priests that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord were come up out of the midst of Jordan, and the soles of the priests' feet were lifted up unto the dry land, that the waters of Jordan returned unto their flow, uh, or sorry, returned unto their place, and flowed over all his banks, as they did before. And the people came up out of Jordan on the tenth day of the first month, and encamped in Gilgal, and the east border... Uh, in the east border of Jericho. And those twelve stones which they took out of Jordan did Joshua pitch in Gilgal. And he spake unto the children of Israel, saying, When your children shall ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean these stones? Then ye shall let your children know, saying, Israel came over this Jordan on dry land, for the Lord your God dried up the waters of Jordan from before you until ye were passed over as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up 
uh, from before us until we were gone over and the, that all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty, that ye might fear the Lord your God forever. Okay, so he gives kind of a recap at the beginning in verse 8. Um, basically, the first seven verses is uh, Joshua getting the word from the Lord and then telling the people what they were supposed to do. And verse 8 basically just tells us that they, that they did um, exactly what they were supposed to do, exactly what Joshua told them to do. But verse 9 we see a second. Uh, so Joshua told them all, gather the stones, get a big stone, put it up on your shoulder, carry it to the camp. And then in the camp, when we get there tonight, we're going to set up these stones for a memorial, uh, which is what they did. In verse 8, it tells us that. But then in verse 9, Joshua himself grabs 12 stones from the midst of the Jordan River, and he sets up his own memorial. And so uh, why do you guys think that Joshua set up his own memorial? What was the point of that? Any ideas? Why would Joshua... I mean, they already were setting up stones from the Jordan River where the priests had been standing. They were taking them to their camp with them so they could set up the stones that night as a memorial. But then Joshua also takes 12 stones and sets those up for memorial. What's the point of that? Any thoughts? Huh? Yes, what kind of reasons? Do you have an actual suggestion to no, hypothesize? I mean, the Bible doesn't specifically say, so it is somewhat left up to interpretation, but what do you guys think? Do you think? Hmm. So my, my main... Um, I don't know if guess is the right word. My, my yeah, my main what'd you say? Hypothesis. Yeah, maybe my main hypothesis. So Joshua tells all of Israel, right? You're gonna one person from each tribe is gonna grab a stone. We're gonna set these stones up. That's like a collective, like as a people, we're gonna set up these stones to remember what God did for us this day, right? That was the point of them getting all those stones. But when it comes to Joshua, it, it doesn't say anybody else was involved. I don't know for sure if anybody else even saw what was being what was happening, right? I mean, all the people are crossing over the Jordan River. Uh, you know, Joshua's standing there in the river, like, you know, as the leader, kind of watching them go or maybe helping direct them. Maybe while he's standing there, he just bends over and he picks up some stones and no one really even knows what he's doing. I, I don't know. The Bible doesn't, like, explicitly say what happens, but the the stones that the, that the Israelites together were gathering up, that was for them collectively as a, as a people, right? But... It was, I mean, it was a big day for Israel altogether. Uh, they were crossing over into the promised land that they've been waiting for for a very long time. Uh, but it was a big day for Joshua in, by himself, right? God said before they crossed over the Jordan River, back in chapter 3, verse, verse 7, And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day will I begin to magnify thee in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that, uh, that as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. And even if you look in verse 4, where we've already read, in verse 14, uh, On that day the Lord magnified Joshua in the sight of all Israel, and they feared him as they feared Moses all the days of his life, which is a fulfillment of what God had just told Joshua the, the, the one chapter before. But uh, this was a big day for Joshua, right? I mean, Joshua had become the leader of the people of Israel, um, you know, for not a very long time now. Like, Moses 
had gotten kind of to the edge of the promised land, and now they're finally just crossing into the promised land. This is kind of a big day. Uh, not kind of a big day. This is a big day for Joshua. And so God was doing something miraculous in the life of the people of Israel, uh, but he was also doing something miraculous in the life of Joshua. So perhaps Joshua also wanted to, um, you know, memorialize this day and put down like a, a remembrance, a thing that he could go back to uh, either physically or in his mind and say, I remember this day when God delivered the people into the promised land, but where he really began establishing me as their leader and God did a miraculous work in my life that day. And I want to memorialize it. I want to remember this day for the rest of my life. And so um, it was it was a more personal um, memorial that he set up. This was just for him. And uh, he set it up in the water. <clears throat> and so uh, it wasn't a big, you know, it wasn't a big show. It wasn't for everyone to come back and tell their kids about like they're supposed to do with the other memorial. Uh, this one was really just for Joshua. And uh, it was just a way for him to set this up and remember uh, what God had done that day. And so, um, hopefully there's times in your guys' life where, um, you know, you, you remember you, uh, you know, maybe you don't, you're not setting up a physical like place of remembrance, but maybe you write something down in your Bible or if you journal, maybe you write something down in your journal or, um, maybe if you, if you've been baptized, uh, especially at this church, you have a certificate and pictures of that event, right? Um, Jackson has that certificate hanging up on his wall in his room as a memorial to remember something that God did in his life on that day, right? If you, uh, when you got saved, maybe you wrote down the day you got saved in the front of your Bible, or maybe you, your parents wrote it down somewhere for you, or um, there's there's a, like a, something to remember that event by. Uh, when God does, <clears throat> when God answers a prayer that you have, maybe you've been praying for something and God answers that, you should write that down. You know, you should, you should uh, put that there because as, as people like our, our natural inclination, we're just going to, we're going to forget those things. Uh, we're going to get into a situation where, uh, you know, maybe it's been a while since uh, we've had kind of a moment like that with God. And it's like, uh, you know, God's kind of forgotten about me. God doesn't really care about me. God, uh, you know, he never answers my prayers, um, those kinds of things. And we can kind of get in that mindset and it's really easy to forget. Oh, don't you remember all these things that God's done in your life? Well, no, I don't. For, I don't remember those things because I'm so focused on what is going on now and how I feel like he's not doing what I want him to be doing right now. And so, uh, you know, your mind kind of forgets about all those old things. So it's a good thing to write down um, wherever you write it down. Uh, if you guys have a phone, uh, at least on an iPhone, you have a Notes app, right? I use that Notes app if I'm like out and about and I don't have like something handy to write it down, or if all I have is scrap paper that I'm going to lose, I'll put it in my phone, right? I got like hundreds of notes in that notes app that I'll just mark things down that I'm thinking of, um, whether it's something for teaching, whether it's something that God did in my life, whether it's something I'm supposed to pray about for somebody, um, all kinds of different things, uh, that I write down in there. So just, just document somehow, put, put a, like a memorial in place. Uh, it doesn't have to be a, like a physical stack of stones like it was for Joshua, but, um, well, we should be doing something when God shows up in a way in our life, we should, we should remember that somehow. Um, in the Old Testament, all the time they were building altars. And uh, whenever God did something miraculous, they would build an altar as a place to remember when they come back and they, they make a sacrifice on that altar, they remember what God did uh, at that time when they built the altar. And so, you know, in, in our life, we're not building physical altars, but 
Uh, but we should be putting up like uh, mental, you know, places of remembrance in our life that uh, when we see something or when we, you know, when we look at our baptism certificate on our wall or when I when I open my notes app or when I flip to a certain place in my Bible, um, that should remind me, oh, yeah, when the last time I was reading in this particular passage, God was doing this in my life and he answered this prayer or he delivered this thing or um, he, he gave me an open door to talk to this person. Um, so we need to be trying to remember those things and um, and setting up like ways to remember them, not just trusting that our memory is going to always be good because uh, it's not always going to be good. Even at your guys' young age, you guys still forget things. Um, it's easy to be like a, a prisoner of the moment. And whenever uh, things are going really great, we, uh, yeah, we can definitely remember all the things God's done. But when things are not going so great, sometimes it's hard to recall those things because it's so easy to focus on uh, what's going on in the moment. And so... Um, <clears throat> yeah, so that was, was a big day in Joshua's life, and uh, he had been he had been following Moses since they left Egypt, and he had been Moses's like right hand man. He had been his servant, and he had been walking along with Moses this whole time. And now his his mentor, his leader, has died, and he now has that. We talked a lot about uh, in the first couple of chapters of Joshua, um, you know, about the the fear that was taking place in in Joshua's life and in the people's life, and um, how they were. They were God was reassuring them. Uh, this was kind of the the um, climax of that that uh, reminder to Joshua that hey God's with you. He's going to deliver you. He's going to go before you. All those things. And so Joshua wanted to remember. Um, he wanted to remember what God had done um, that day in his life. And so um, so yeah, try try to think about like what what would help you guys to remember that where you could write these things down, how you could document and remember this because uh even if maybe you don't feel like uh god does very much stuff in your life uh maybe you feel like you know god's never really spoken to me god's never really uh delivered me god's never never really done x y and z thing um there's tons of examples i promise you i mean just just the 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 day you got saved if you're saved that in and of itself um is a huge thing right i mean that that is that's a big thing to remember uh if you've been baptized that's a day that uh, you stood up in front of everybody, uh, even if you were afraid to do that. And whether you spoke out loud or you spoke just with your actions, um, God used you for other people to see, hey, there's something different in this person's life. Hey, this person wants to identify publicly um, as a child of God. <clears throat> maybe um, maybe you've been in a situation where, uh, like, so example for me, we, we used to run a shaved ice business. And uh, there was a day that I was driving up to Blue Springs, and I was going up Seven Highway to Pleasant Hill, and um, I had forgotten to latch the trailer on at, or appropriately to my truck. And so we're headed up Seven Highway. We made it out of Harrisonville. We're about halfway to Pleasant Hill. And if you've gone that way before, I, you may remember there's like a, a bump in the road and a curve, and uh, we hit that bump. And as soon as we hit the bump, the trailer bumped off of the truck, and started dragging, and then we come around the curve, and the truck, you know, the trailer's pulling the truck over towards the ditch. I'm trying to slow down without flipping the truck, without flipping the trailer over, without. And I had Brenda and the boys are both in the car with me. Uh, luckily, there was no one coming towards us on the other side of the road. There was no one right behind us, uh, you know, that that could have rear-ended us or something. The train or the train, the trailer chains break off. The trailer goes launching off into the ditch. And it starts running alongside the road in the ditch, hopping through the 
uh, hopping through all the different uh, divots in the ditch. We were able to stop all the way. I was able to pull into a driveway, kind of run back and check everything out. The trailer was pretty much fine. Um, no cars had come during that whole time. Um, after I got parked and stopped and we were looking into it, some cars started coming and they kind of blocked off the road for us and some guys helped me get the trailer out of the ditch and hook it back up on the truck and we were able to get it reconnected and, and get uh, basically turn around and get going back uh, home. Um, but that, that moment, okay, so um, while that was my fault, right, I didn't hook up the trailer properly. Um, that was a, that was a moment that could have been really bad for my family <clears throat> or somebody else's family, right? Coming, coming around that curve, uh, once, especially once the trailer came off, I mean, I had control of my truck at that point, but the trailer could have kept going, smashed into somebody, right? The trailer could have, it could have pulled the truck off into the ditch. We could have been in an accident. We could have been going faster than we were. You know, there's a lot of variables that could have happened that day. No one was hurt, uh, in our car or in any other cars. Uh, the trailer itself was fine. The truck had about a one inch little scratch on the bumper, uh, that you wouldn't even notice if you weren't looking for it. Um, that was a day, right? I mean, that God, like God delivered our family from what could have been very tragic, uh, for us or somebody else. And so I have a memorial. Every time I drive over that bump, I remember that trailer falling off and, um, you know, us having this kind of, um, surreal moment right where like we were out i was out of control um but god delivered us you know and i'm not saying that uh <clears throat> yeah i'm not saying anything special about that moment but i am saying that uh it could have been way worse and god uh god delivered us and so uh but every time i drive over that bump uh if especially if my family's with me one of the four of us will say something about how that was the time that you know, that was the place uh, that the trailer fell off and we'll probably always remember that place um, every time we drive over those, that bump. And so, um, so things like that, like, like maybe God has delivered you in a situation like that where you were in a car accident where it could have been really bad and it ended up not being so bad. Um, so, so there's all kinds of things, even if like you feel like uh, there's never really been these moments in your life. Um, there's moments, there's been moments in your life that, that God has been there uh, in one way or the other. And so documenting those and, and remembering those things is, um, is really important. And so it helps, it just helps you as something you can fall back on in times that, uh, where times are going bad and you really, you know, feel like, um, God's not doing a lot of stuff in your life. You can go back and remember those times, uh, where God did do things that were miraculous, uh, in your life. And so, um, so I just think it's really important that <clears throat> when we talk about these memorials, there's a reason that God records these for us. Um, you know, the, the nation of Israel in the Old Testament, uh, there's a lot of parallels to us as Christians. And so when we read about the nation of Israel, we read about how, um, you know, they, they, they walk with the Lord and they're doing all these things that are right and God's blessing them left and right and they're, they're winning battles and they're, uh, you know, their, their farmland is, is going good and the, you know, the, the wealth of the people is, is, uh, you know, going great and just things are going really smoothly. And then all of a sudden when things get really, really good, uh, they tend to kind of think, oh, we don't, we don't really need God anymore. Uh, and they get kind of led astray to, to these false gods. And, and then once they, once they kind of abandon God completely and they're worshiping these false gods, God says, fine, you don't think you need me. I'll allow you to be delivered into captivity. Right. And so someone comes in, takes them captive 
And now all of a sudden they're like, oh my gosh, we're, we're in captivity and things are miserable. We've been this way for however many years now. And they, they start crying out to God, God, please come back and save us. If you come and save us, we will uh, worship you again. We'll get rid of all these false gods. And so God does it. He delivers them uh, in a miraculous way. And, and then they have... Uh, you know this this time of revival where they're all excited about the Lord and they want to follow Him again and things are good and things continue good for a while and then the cycle repeats itself and they go back into okay we don't need God anymore things are good we don't need Him anymore and then the cycle continues and so uh, we see that with the nation of Israel all the time uh, but that's a good picture for us like when it's when things are going really good when our life is kind of just on autopilot and it seems like everything we want to do is happening, everything uh, is going the way that we want it to be going, um, it's easy to kind of think, well, I don't really need God, right? I mean, I, I mean I'm mean, i doing fine on my own. Uh, we kind of tend to forget that the reason we're doing so fine, uh, that could have a lot to do with God as well. And, uh, and then we kind of fall away from the Lord and maybe then something happens in your life and you're like, Oh, maybe maybe things aren't so great. Maybe I should turn back to the Lord. And uh, so there's a, there's a similar cycle in our lives to what the Israelites have. And so uh, anytime that we see the Israelites doing something that is that is um, honoring towards the Lord, like building these memorials and the purpose for them, uh, that's some things that we should we should uh, pay attention to. And so um, the last six verses of this chapter, starting in verse 19. Um, I just thought it was interesting as I was reading it last night. It says, well, basically in verse 19, it says, And the people came up out of Jordan on the tenth day of the first month and encamped in Gilgal in the east border of Jericho. And those twelve stones which they took out of Jordan did Joshua pitch in Gilgal. And he spake unto the children of Israel, saying, When your children shall ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean these stones? Then ye shall let your children know, saying, Israel came over this Jordan on dry land, for the Lord your God dried up the waters of Jordan from before you until you were passed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up from before us until we were gone over, that all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty, that ye might fear the Lord your God forever. Uh, so he repeats that, and as I was reading it, um, I read it several times before I taught this last time, and uh, I never really paid attention to it, but think about how much of this chapter is talking about that the putting up of, of those stones. So at the beginning of chapter 4, um, God's talking to Joshua, and he tells Joshua in verse 2 to take 12 men out of the people, out of every tribe of man, command them, saying, take, a, take you hence out of the midst of Jordan. So in the first few verses, God's telling Joshua, hey, I want you to get somebody from each tribe, have each of them grab a stone. They're going to take it back with them to camp this night. We're going to set up this memorial, right? And Joshua even goes in and tells them why we're going to be doing that, okay? And then in verse 8, it says that they did exactly how Joshua told them they were supposed to. They, they did do, they grabbed the stones, they did set them up. Um, and then at the end, it goes back again and says, yeah, these people set up these stones. And again, it tells, Joshua tells them, hey, when your children ask you about this, this is what I want you to tell them about this, why we're doing this. Okay, why does he keep repeating over and over the fact that they're supposed to grab, I mean, he could have said it one time, right? Grab 12 stones, put them in a pile at, at, at camp tonight, and uh, this is going to be a way for us to remember how God delivered us. But he basically tells them almost three times, right? God tells Joshua, and Joshua records that for us at the beginning of the chapter, and then Joshua tells us that the people did what, the, what he told them to do, and at the end of the chapter, he goes back and says it all over again. 
I'm like, why in a 24 verse chapter are we saying the same thing like three different times? Why is God repeating himself uh, three different times? <clears throat> you guys have any idea? Yeah, to make himself clear, okay? Why why does God repeat himself ever? Why does anybody repeat themselves? Yeah, maybe people aren't listening. Um, for emphasis sake, you know, like, hey, this is really important, so I'm going to record it three times. Uh, I always think about anytime God repeats himself, I mean, I've said this in here before, but the only things that we know about God, literally every single thing that we know about God is recorded in this book that I can hold in one hand. <clears throat> okay, I mean, there's not a lot of information. I mean, this is a lot of information for sure. But I mean, as far as what we could know about God, all of it fits in like a two-inch thick book. Um, there's just, there's a lot more that could have been recorded. And so when God repeats himself three different times, it's like, man, he could have included something else about himself, something else about the nation of Israel, something else that we could learn from, right? Why is he recording the same thing three different times? Uh, he could have saved his breath on that and he could have given us more information about something else, right? That something that we want to know about um, or something that we think could be helpful to us. Um, but we got to remember, like, God knows better than us, right? God, God chose exactly every single word that's recorded in the Bible and he recorded it specifically for us uh, with us in mind, uh, knowing that this is exactly what we needed to hear. So when he repeats himself three times in this chapter, it's because... He really wants us to remember uh, and and know that hey, these times of setting up remembrances, um, you know, collecting a souvenir of a trip, like these kinds of things are important for us to remember and for us to actually do because of what I said earlier. Because we're gonna, we are people who forget, um, especially when it's convenient for us to forget that. Uh, it's really easy for us to forget all the good things that God has done for us when we feel like God's not doing anything good for us. And so he, he records it three different times because he wanted the people of Israel at that time to know, hey, this is important that you set up these stones and bring your kids back and tell them why we have these stones here because I did something miraculous for you this day and I don't want you guys to forget it because there's going to be times when they're getting ready to go into this long season of battle where they're going to be uh, fighting for long period, for like years at a time taking over the promised land and there's going to be times where battle is going to get weary and they're going to think you know what we should just stop fighting we haven't we've taken enough land let's just stop for now and let's let's rest for a while and uh, there's going to be times where it's like maybe they lose a battle or maybe uh, you know <clears throat> a friend of theirs dies in battle and they're like what are we even doing this for why are we even why are we even coming in here and taking this land? Uh, oh, hey, let's go back to these stones that we set up when we first crossed over here and remember why we're doing this, right? Remember what God did for us already. And so for them in that moment, um, it was important for them to remember it and to hear it multiple times. And for us today, it's important for us to hear it uh, multiple times. That's why God puts it in there multiple times. All right, I want to wrap up with uh, flip over to jo uh, Judges chapter 2. So I'm going to give you guys a flash forward of what happens <clears throat> the rest of the life of Joshua. So, spoiler alert for Joshua, uh, he dies. Okay, he's not alive today. So, he dies, and uh, look what it says at the beginning of the book of, Josh, or of Judges. Chapter 2, verse, uh, let's start in verse 8. It says, Then Joshua, the son of Nun, 
the servant of the Lord died, being an hundred and ten years old, and they buried him in the border of his inheritance in Timnath Harris, in the Mount of Ephraim, on the north side of the hill Gash. And also all the generation were gathered unto their fathers, and there arose another generation after them, which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and served Balaam. And they forsook the Lord uh, God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt, and followed other gods of the gods of the people that were round about them, and bowed themselves unto them, and provoked the Lord to anger. And they forsook the Lord, and served Baal and Ashtaroth, so that's two uh, false gods, Baal and Ashtaroth. But this this passage is saying, okay, Joshua dies, right? And then the generation that's like his his leadership, right? The the people that were uh, the older people at that time, the elders of Israel, all those people died as well. So now what we're left with is the kids who were kids whenever they crossed the Jordan River back in Joshua chapter four, right? We're dealt, we're leaving with we're left with those kids and probably their kids, okay? And it says that when Joshua and his generation died, that immediately, like the very next generation, the people who were the kids when they crossed the Jordan River, or young people when they crossed the Jordan River, those people instantly <coughs> fell away from God. They started serving Baal and Ashtaroth. They forsook the Lord, and they didn't follow the, they didn't follow God at all anymore. So within one generation, uh, we go from Joshua and Moses. Right, and now all of a sudden those guys are gone, and the next crop comes in, and they immediately uh, walk away from the Lord. They immediately start serving um, these false gods. And so, why did that happen? <clears throat> I mean, obviously it's the fault of the kids that were that were adults at this time, right? The the new leadership that comes in after Joshua, uh, not being not following the Lord, that that ultimately falls on them. Uh, they do, have, you know, they had a choice about who they were going to follow. But it falls a lot on Joshua and his generation, right? Why did they not um, teach these kids? It says that these kids, um, where does it say it? Yeah, verse 10. And also all the generation were gathered unto their fathers, and there arose another generation after them, which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. Okay, this next generation did not know the Lord, and they did not know the works that God had done. Well, what was one of the works that God did that they were definitely supposed to know about because it was repeated multiple times in Joshua 4? Teach this to your children, right? Bring your children to these memorial stones and show them these stones and tell them why we set this up because God did this miraculous thing. He dried up the Jordan River. He stopped the river from flowing so we could cross over on dry land. Okay? According to this verse in Judges chapter 2, uh, the kids did not know that, right? They didn't know God and they didn't know the works that God had done. Well, one of the works that he did was dry up the Jordan River. Why did they not know about that? Well, because their parents who were told three times to bring your kids back here and when they ask you what these stones are for, tell them what these stones are for because God did a miraculous work today um, in the life of the people of Israel. No, no one passed that on. That was something that the parents were supposed to have passed on to their children and their children's children. And this was going to be set up for generations to come so that everybody would know God did something miraculous on this day. And that's why we have these stones here. But apparently nobody did that because literally the next generation, as soon as Joshua and his, his uh, leaders are dead, uh, they just kind of drift away and they start following after 
um, other gods. So when when God records things multiple times, He wants us to remember them. Uh, he really wanted the Israelites to like grab a hold of this idea uh, and the and the significance of this day, and they just kind of dropped the ball on it. Um, who wrote the book of Joshua? Anybody know? Joshua, yes. Wasn't a trick question. Joshua wrote the book of Joshua. Go back to Joshua chapter 4. I want you guys to see one more thing. Maybe you saw it, maybe you didn't whenever we read through it at the beginning. Joshua chapter 4, verse 9. Somebody read that verse for me. Right, what's the last few ver- few words in that verse say? And they are there until this day. What's there until this day? Huh? The stones. What did you say, Holly? You said there until this day. Yeah, I said what is there until this day? The stones. Okay. So this phrase that uh, that it was there until this day. Uh, this this is something I heard. I listened to a message about this. Chapter. This is something that the guy suggested, and uh, I don't know uh, necessarily that it's true. Although I think, based on the context, you could pretty, um, you could probably pretty confidently say that it is true. Okay, so Joshua wrote the book of Joshua, right? Now I don't know exactly how he wrote it. I don't know if he waited if he waited till they were done conquering everything, and he had a time to reflect at the end of all these years of battle, and he was able to sit down and record the book of Joshua. I don't know if he wrote it along the way. You know, I don't know if he got to the camp this night and wrote down all this stuff that happened about them crossing the Jordan River. I don't know how he recorded it. Like, I don't, I don't know exactly over what period of time he wrote it. But when he sneaks this verse in there that says, okay, all, we, we gathered all these stones and we put them on our shoulders and we carried them and this is why we did it and the people did exactly what I told them to. Uh, and then he says about himself, and I set up 12 stones in the midst of the river, and those stones are there until this day. Okay, so it sounds like Joshua went back to the river and checked on his stones at some point after the day that he did this, right? The day, As of the day of him writing this, and they are there until this day, the stones were still there when he wrote the book of Joshua. Okay, now whether that was years later, whether it was days later, weeks later, I don't know uh, how long after this event that he went back and checked on this. But nobody else, at least that we know of, based on uh, what it says in Judges, nobody else took their kids back and showed them the memorial stones sitting on the side of the river uh, outside of the city of Jericho, right, in the camp where they camped at Gilgal. It doesn't say anybody else went back and looked at those stones, right? The whole point of those was for people to go back and look at them. But it does say, Joshua says, hey, the stones that I set up in in the midst of the river, I went back and checked. Those stones are still there as of the day of this writing. Okay, so why is that that significant at all? Or why does that even matter? Uh, It means that Joshua remembered the stones that were set up, right? It it means that, that Joshua went back and remembered what God did that day, right? Do you think that it would have been... Um, easy for Joshua to lead people into battle for years at a time. I mean, to watch people die. It says in in chapter 4, in verse um, 13, about 40,000 prepared for war passed over before the Lord. Okay, so he brings 40,000 soldiers into the promised land. 
I don't know how many of those soldiers died along the way, but he did not have the same 40,000 that he started with by the time it was over, right? A lot of those people had died, right? They're training up new soldiers. Uh, some of the soldiers are dying. Every battle that they have, people are dying. Uh, we're going to look at it here in a couple of weeks when we get to Joshua chapter 6. They go in and they fight the battle of Jericho. And then right after that, they go fight the battle of Ai. And they get wiped out. I think they lose like 40 people or something like that uh, in the battle of Ai. So these people are dying along the way. Do you think it would be uh, easy for Joshua as the leader to look at all these people that he's losing that are dying, that are friends of his, that he's seen since they were since they were children, right? He, he's been in the wilderness with them for 40 years. So he's seen these people uh, be born and grow up as kids, grow into young men who are soldiers, and now he's sending them off to fight and die. Uh, that would be a difficult thing to go through as a leader, uh, to be sending people into battle knowing not all these people are coming home. Right. And so for year after year after year, as they're going through the battle uh, in the promised land, they're taking over all these different cities. I'm sure there was times of doubt where Joshua was like, God, what am I even doing here? Why am I leading these people into battle? So many people are dying. And so my get what I'm thinking, and this is not recorded exactly in the Bible. So some of this is my speculation, but at least at some point, Joshua did go back because he was able to say that the stones were still there. Um, but I don't know how, maybe he went back every year. Maybe he went back on the anniversary of this event and went back and he sat, you know, at the edge of the river and, and he, he checked on the stones and he, he remembered what it was like the day that they crossed. <clears throat> I don't know for sure. Uh, that's my speculation on it. But, um, but something in Joshua's life was able to keep him going when things were difficult, right? To the point that as soon as he was gone, the children of Israel turned directly away from God and went following after other gods the other way. Um, but while Joshua was alive, they were sure following the Lord then because Joshua was leading them. And, uh, and Joshua had his, had like his, his focus, right? He had, he had his focus on the Lord. And, um, I think in, in part it was having to do with, uh, the setting up of these stones, just getting ready to begin this, this, uh, year long, multiple year long battle. Um, this was kind of a moment like, the calm before the storm, the, the, um, you know, beginning of, of what was to come. And, uh, so I, I do think he, at least in his mind, if not physically, I do think in his mind, he would go back to this, this time and, um, remember what God had done. And so, um, the reason that I do what I do, the reason my wife does what she does, the reason that, uh, Ray and Brianna and Nick and Kendra and any of the other adults that have, (coughs) have been in this class, the reason we do the things that we do is because we are the older generation, right? And we're trying with what we can do to follow the Lord, right? I try to do what I know to do to follow the Lord. Read my Bible and pray and, and those things, right? I try to study the Bible out so I can teach you guys some of the things that God shows me out of the Bible uh, so that you guys have the information so that uh, Judges chapter 2, uh, when I die or whenever I'm not at this church anymore or whenever... Uh, you're not at this church anymore or whatever, whenever our paths don't cross anymore, that that there's something for you guys, that it can't be said that you don't know the Lord and you don't know the things that God does. Um, and I'm not saying that I'm the only one. All of you guys have parents. Um, I know most of your parents really well that they also are investing in you guys. So I'm not saying it's just me and Brenda and Ray and Brianna and Nick and Kendra that are holding down the fort for you guys in your life. But uh, but it is our job. The reason that we're in, investing our time in this ministry is not just so we can get together on Sunday mornings and I can stand up here and talk about stuff and you guys can sit there and half listen and 
Like that, that's not why we do what we do. Um, but I don't want you guys when, when I'm gone or when you're gone from here to not know the Lord, to not know the things of God and that the next generation, your generation falls away from God because my generation didn't do our job. And so, um, so my job is to invest the word of God in you. I can't, I can't make you do it. The, the children of Israel, you know, Joshua couldn't make these people, uh, take their kids and show them this memorial stones. He couldn't make the kids, uh, understand what God was doing. Um, but he could lead by example of which he did. Uh, he could do the best that he could do, right? That's, that's what, that's why I do what I do in this class. That's why, um, all the adults in this class do what we do is because we want to see you guys grow. We want to see you guys not fall away whenever the time comes. Um, so remember the things that God does in your life, write some stuff down, pay attention to, um, it's really easy. I think with just all the stuff that's thrown at you, I think it's really easy to just forget about or not think about, uh, the things that God does in your life, uh, to easily kind of sweep those things under the rug or to be distracted with the next thing that's coming and, and kind of just move on and forget about it. Um, but I would warn you against that because the Bible warns us against that. Because when we do that, when we forget all about what God's doing, um, we fall away from God, right? That's what happened with Israel. Um, that's what happens in our own life. And so, um, yeah, just, just remember the things that God does for you. Record those things. So let's pray and, uh, then we'll be done. <coughs> Dear Lord God, thank you for this, uh, day. God, just thank you for this passage on, uh, these memorial stones, God. And I just, uh, God, I do pray that all of us would take this to heart. God, none of us are, uh, really good at, at uh, remembering things, especially when it's, uh, not convenient, God. And, and so I just, I pray that all of us would be setting up these, uh, memorial stones in our life, God, just by, by writing things down whenever you show up for us, God, by writing, even writing down whenever we feel like you're, you're not showing up for us, God, so that when you do come through and when you do show up, God, that, um, that we would remember those things. And so I just, uh, I just ask your blessing, God, on applying this particular chapter. God, obviously we want to apply everything that we learn, but, um, but God, I do think it's important that we, um, just, record things that you've done in our life, God, and that we can fall back on those things when, when times get difficult because it's not always going to be easy. Things are not always going to be going our way. Things are not always going to be, uh, it's not always going to be easy to see um, the difference that you're making in our life, God. But I pray that uh, if we can remember the things that happen as they happen, God, and record those things, that uh, that those will be things that we can re- that we can fall back on in, in times where it's difficult and maybe less clear. And so, uh, God, I do pray that this, uh, message just speaks to these kids, God, and and uh, that they that they get it. And um, gotta just uh, ask your blessing on this upcoming service and for Pastor Brian as he gets back into his study on Exodus. And um, God, just pray for those that are still coming in. I pray that you would just uh, help everyone to be ready to hear and and prepared for what you have for us, God, and that we would be looking for um, as always, God, just things that we can apply from your word and from the the messages that we hear, God, and that uh, we would remember that we don't just gather for church on Sundays just to to listen to people talk and to see our friends, God, but that there's a reason that we're coming here. This is a, a time of refreshment and a time of, uh, of of a charge, God, to be given to us and that we would leave out of these doors uh, today, God, different than when we came in. And uh, just to ask your blessing on the rest of our day and the rest of our week. In Jesus' name, amen.